back. Welcome back to the League of Champs. Uh, delayed one day because I'm setting up my brother Ron Griswold right. He's got some amazing things going on with uh, HBCU outside. All the information is in the show notes. Check it out. Support. He's got a 5K this month that I will be running that you should be running um, to support a good cause. That's what we're about right around here. Movement for a greater good. So yeah, fasten your seatbelts. Uh, grab some coffee. Take a listen. Bit long episode, but me and Ron just got into such a good conversation about his life and uh, how he's ended up where he is now. So take a listen, let us know what you think, and be sure to support everything he is doing. Enjoy. Welcome to the League of Champs, an arena where we invite everyday athletes, coaches, and entrepreneurs to discuss the methodologies they use to affect change and achieve purpose. League of Champs sits at the intersection of mindfulness and sport with one intention, victory. Join us. What up, what up? Happy Monday. Welcome to League of Champs. We are back after a little sabbatical and I'm excited today. We've got the homie brother Ron on from we out here ron's been doing amazing work uh in the great outdoors and adventure scene ron what's good welcome to the league what's up what's up how you doing man man i'm doing pretty good it is a beautiful sunshining day here in michigan feeling like fall uh how are you doing where are you at <laughs> i'm doing i'm doing good man it's a nice humid day over here on the coast <laughs> i'm in uh the city north carolina right on uh so uh, yeah man uh, nice and humid but still beautiful nice overcast day so that's i'm what, chilling right now that's what's up that's what's up so uh i'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself i don't really do intros or, or bios for people here we'll we'll let you elevate that uh yeah where, where are you from who are you with <laughs> uh what do you do oh that, that, that's a that's a packed question right there <laughs> but uh nah, <laughs> nah uh i, I knew it was coming um so no, like you know, born and raised here in North Carolina, uh, Elizabeth City. But uh, you know, I also want to claim uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota as home. Okay. Uh, since that's where you know I got my uh, outdoor industry, uh, jumped into the outdoor industry at that point, uh, moving to Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I I was there for like three years. So you know, that's definitely within me. You know, that space helped. Outdoorsy person I I am today, um, but uh, you know got my hands on a couple of things you know on uh, social media when people go out and you know see me on my back working with brands and other collaborators to honestly just inspire people to get outdoors uh, with uh, we out here which you uh, mentioned a little bit earlier yeah uh, that is something that uh, my wife and I started after a successful friends trip. You know, um, in the midst of this uh, pandemic wow. that we needed for our own mental and spiritual healing. Yeah. And, you know, just doing that as safe as possible. So my wife and I uh, uh, co-founded that. And, you know, we just had our first successful, you know, COVID free trip. <laughs> amazing. Um, just this past weekend. Um, that was that was absolutely amazing. So shout out to the guests who, who uh, you know, did that with us. And uh, the other thing is, uh, I know we're going to get to it later, but uh, HBCUs outside. And that is 
my passion project that I've been working on for the past two years, but trying to get outdoor recreation and adventure sports into um, historical black colleges historical black colleges and universities, HBCUs for short. Um, that's something that is lacking in those institutions. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've had amazing experiences in the outdoors from my time and, you know, whether it was in Minneapolis or uh, San Francisco or wherever else, you know, in the country or the world for that matter. And to go and try to create these same experiences and give those that same feeling to other people, especially people who look like me, where these opportunities don't exist, yeah. I think that's extremely important. And, you know, it's, it's what I start thinking about when I when I talk about legacy. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a little bit of me right there. Yeah, that's brilliant, bro. And, and, yeah, amazing and powerful to be doing that kind of work. I mean, the outdoors is such a part of uh, our narrative here in this country as, as people of color, and it's, it's great to be able mm-hmm. to get people to try to reconnect, um, you know, with, with the earth in such a powerful way. So where to 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 kick it all off yeah where did you grow up where did where did things start um where did a young ron kind of come into the world <laughs> um you know I, I feel like i start like a lot of you know brothers or people you know they're not to say but uh you know right in right in the yard you know um yeah when i say the yard yeah. I'm, I'm talking about grandma grandma's house okay know, grandma's yeah. house too i think we all hey look it's crazy we always say you know grandma's house but you know it's like you know grandpa hey, sometimes grandpa was there too you know but, uh, <laughs> yeah, yes he was <laughs> and my grand my grandparents house uh out here in the city you know they live in weeks before that's basically the country so going out there and you know being with you know my all my cousins and you know just literally just wandering the woods and being outside all day because yeah, your grandparents didn't want you in the house, so you know you, <laughs> you had to go outside and you know entertain yourself all day. Cause yeah, they too old for that. So uh, no, man, that's that's where it like started. But honestly, even before then, one of my earliest memories, and this is a memory and vision that I hold so strongly, because I, I mean I can still see it when I close my eyes. Um, you know, my family do a lot of road trips when I was younger. I'm saying I was probably around three or four years old. My little brother was probably like one or two. And uh, I just remember, you know, we were driving and we pulled over the side, the side of the road. And um, I didn't know it at the moment, but we were, we were at an overlook. And, you know, all I can see are these like vast mountains, you know. Wow. Uh, you know, just out over, out over the window. And I just remember being so frustrated because I wanted to see more and I wanted to open my door, yeah. but I was in a car seat. And wow. so I was young enough, I was in a car seat. And, you know, if you've ever tried, if you're in a car seat, you're not getting out of one. I tried. <laughs> like, I was so frustrated trying to get out. Really, I was, I was trying to see, you know, what, what was, what is this that I'm looking at? And so, you know, I, uh, I don't remember getting out, but there's a photo that proves I did get out uh, after wow. my parents let me out. But, uh, you know, I was talking to my parents, you know, I think a couple of years ago about that memory. And, um, you know, they told me, oh, well, that was us. You know, we uh, did a road trip. We were on the Blue Ridge Parkway looking out at the Smokies. And, you know, so, you know, that memory for me has been like at the, has been a really foundational as I continued, you know, in my life, because from there, the inspiration to to look at National Geographic books or to look at, you know, uh, to be attracted and drawn to these 
adventure-filled movies like Indiana Jones or, or Tarzan and things like that. Like, you know, that's what I started to become attracted to. Yeah. And ever ever since then, it's just like, you know, me sitting outside and living within my own fantasy world from, you know, being outside, I see these adventures and people doing these amazing things. And I'll go into a little thicket, you know, of woods across the street from my from my parents' home or my grandma's yard. And, you know, I'll be out there by myself just creating all these own narratives for myself. So, yeah. you know, it, it started with that with that one image, though, you know. And from there, you know, I just go out and, and uh, have these amazing times by myself. But, uh, yeah, that's where it started for me. And I say um, that more, that, that took hold a little bit stronger when I got into uh, middle school. And I remember my first summer, I begged, begged my parents. Like, I, I've never begged so hard for something. Like, I usually beg really hard to go to school dances, but I begged, like, twice as hard as this. <laughs> uh, it was a summer camp experience. And so I remember I had my first summer camp experience. It was one of the most magical things I've ever experienced. And you know, I told myself at that point, I was like, I need to be a camp counselor. Like, hands down, I have to be a camp counselor. Yeah. And I um, never became a camp counselor, but I did keep going back. I did continue going back to uh, summer camp in different locations throughout North Carolina for the summers to come. Um, so, uh, yeah, and then, you know, and then that, that honestly, that, that takes me all the way to, to Minneapolis at that point. Um, but yeah, I, I started, you know, and right in you know, my family yard and in summer camp, that's wow. how, that's how Ryan got attracted to the outdoors. Yeah, that's, that's super dope and, and super like intimate and very visceral in, in terms of your memory. Like, you know, those early childhood memories, how they can imprint on us and like seeing the mountains for the first time to uh yeah being at, at your grandparents and and uh you know getting to know nature in that way in a very creative and fun way and, and creating narrative and wow the power of summer camp it's it's so dope that you bring that up because uh you know sort of my as well first uh, experiences outdoors was summer camp. It was like the first time I remember the first time seeing like stars in such brilliance, like all the stars, um, you know, in a dark sky was at summer camp. And it, I think just being young, right. And having that experience, it, it does kind of reshape your, your perspective on, uh, yeah, just, just the outdoors and, um, summer in general, like there's a very sort of romanticized memory in terms of, of uh summers because of of summer camp um so that man that's that's amazing that's really amazing that uh it's like i wish i wish we could give everyone <laughs> the experience of summer camp because it, it really is oh a, yeah it, it's like a transformational experience uh in a lot of ways so from summer camp leading into minneapolis you know through school you're you're in high school vibes did you any sports or kind of like art kid or what was kind of the vibe in high school <laughs> that's, that's 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 crazy you asked. so like i think i definitely i, I turned into a little rebel like i was just yes. out doing stuff that no one should do you know high school like, I, love you know, it. <laughs> I just turned i just turned uh to a, a really uh i'm not gonna say terrible but just I was a handful, you know, um, worrying my mom at all times of the night, coming home and stuff like that. Lord, I know she forgives me now, but <laughs> uh, no parents that have to go through that. Um, but, you know, in high school, what, what's crazy is what happened. Um, I stopped doing a whole bunch of outdoors. Like, I still went to the beach with friends and kicked in and things like that. But I stopped doing 
and caring for a whole bunch of those outdoorsy things because I didn't see other people necessarily interested in those things. And then when I did bring up the interest in winning those, do those things, you know, it's like hearing those comments like, oh, you know, like, yeah, you're like, you know, you're black, but you're really like white on the inside, something yeah. like that. Because, you know, you're interested in things that are other, yeah. things that we define as other and things that we've also associated with with whiteness. Yep. So, you know, it got to a certain point where it's like, you know what, I'm, I'm cool. You know what, I'm just going to care about things like girls. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you know, and that's what that's what high school that's what high school was. Uh, but uh, yeah, I really didn't read. I didn't find that connection again until uh, much later. But in high school, I did do track, uh, four hundred and the hurdles, hurdles one hundred. Sure. Um, those are my those are my sports. Oh, I can't forget triple jump and long jump. Nice, nice. Um, and. Um, did a ba- did baseball, but I never necessarily played. So you know, I just <laughs> I just sat on the side and ate a lot of uh, sunflower seeds. <laughs> That's what's up. I was like, I was like, I can't believe this is a sport. Like, it's ridiculous, you know. Um, but honestly, the main thing, and I started this in middle school. The main thing that I was involved in was SBLA, Future Business Leaders of America. Dope. I I don't know why I got involved. I honestly think I got involved because of girls, but I <laughs> really, really, really love being in this uh, organization that, you know, assisted with, you know, uh, just business etiquette. Um, my my competition in FBLA was parliament, parliamentary procedure. So, you know, reading yeah. like Robert's Rules of orderly contact, uh, conduct, you know, yep. something like that. I forgot what it, what it is now, but, uh, yeah. you know, SDLA, I got, I did so much with SDLA, so that was a huge part. And also, I didn't, you know, I didn't pledge anything in college, but I was also part of, uh, a lot of people don't know this, part of a mega gym, you know, so <laughs> it was like a, a brotherhood partnership with uh, Mega Stop Fraternity at ECSU and other, uh, and other like, you know, big bros, you know, that are alumni, um, and you know, they just really helped with, uh, from a mentoring perspective and honestly, some of my, you know, uh, some of the best mentors and people I met when I think of camaraderie came from, you know, that community. And that was such a powerful community to be in, yeah. uh, in high school. So, uh, but yeah, that's my, uh, that was the high school. high school. Yeah. That's the high school experience. And it, yeah. that's amazing and, and powerful. You know, you said something too, that really resonated with me as well is, is, the the other you know like doing things that um you know are not traditionally seen as like the black experience uh you know i loved in in ta-nehisi coates uh book between the world and me he talks about when he first you know when he first got to howard he was like it was the first time he saw that the black experience is is vast and and wide and um, is not defined by like you know just these very specific things that um, there are many different shades <laughs> to the black experience Absolutely. and you know uh, whether you want to skateboard or or play golf or camp or um, snowboard or you know whatever it is. Um, you know, all that, which is, is typically deemed to be other, 
uh, or, you know, doing white things, quote unquote, is, is just not is not true. But, yeah, I think some of us that were interested in those other things when we were younger maybe got uh, clowned a little bit or made fun of. And, oh, you want to go do those things? Like, what are you what are you thinking? And um, it's it's amazing how now that we're grown, how that individuality has, has turned into, you know, a bit of uniqueness and uh, just how powerful that experience can be as a younger person but also let's be honest like when we were younger how uh how difficult that can be at times <laughs> to to kind of oh, yeah. be an outsider uh but it, it fuels it sounds like ron it fueled your your rebel spirit yeah yeah something fueled my rebel spirit <laughs> you know <laughs> I, um, yeah I, I don't know necessarily what that was that rebel spirit but uh um yeah it, I gotta admit though, I know I was like such a rebel in that moment and I can't describe all the crazy stuff I did, but it's just like, you know, looking back at it, it was still like some of the best part. Like I know people, God, I hear tons of horror stories from high school, but honestly it was some of my best years because I felt like, you know, this was like, I just made the decision, but I'm gonna do what I want to. And honestly, (laughs) that's not necessarily the best thing, but for me, I feel like I, 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 I kept that mentality Yep. But I was still, you know, safe to a degree with doing that, not necessarily just doing the craziest things, just like, all right, look, you can calm down some. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. <laughs> do, do, you, do you feel like that helped you sort of find yourself in ways or kind of, um, yeah, become more confident in, in just saying, you know, you know what, I'm going to go this way. And I don't really, you know, I don't, if you think something about it, I don't really care. Do you, do you feel like that helped a little bit with just kind of finding yourself and, and maybe even finding your path? Oh my God. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, I wouldn't necessarily realize how much it helped until like, if I didn't have that instilled in me, I probably wouldn't be in the outdoor industry uh, or yeah. I probably would have got into the outdoor industry much later. Yeah. Um, that when I instilled that personality or adopted that, uh, that, that feeling, that, that sense of, you know, like, Hey, do what is best for you and do for you. You know, I, that's when honestly, I started making a lot of self decisions, but you know, at that age, it was like me being selfish, but growing up, but as a word for that self-preservation, you know? So, you know, I started truly making a lot of, you know, decisions for me and, you know, they would truly come out, you know, and play out, I should say, in college um, as far as, you know, um, after I went to college, for one, having that same experience that Ta-Nehisi Coates described, like, yeah. wow, like, where, this this was like a completely different planet, stepping onto a and campus in Greensboro, you know, yeah, yeah. it was like a completely different, you know, experience, but also, after I've getting onto that campus, doing things um, for and just by myself, not needing to be in a group to go to CAF or not needing to have friends to go check out this this meeting. You know, I felt like yeah. a lot of college was, you know, yes, people are trying to find a community, but also this is like, all right, well, I'm not going to do anything if it's just me. And, you know, like I said, in high school, I started like, look, I, I'm going to, if I find something interesting, I'm going to I'm going to go do it. It doesn't matter, you know, uh, you know who's going to be with me or whatever it may be. I'm going to do things that I'm interested in, and that definitely that attitude definitely started in high school wow. uh, for me, yeah. and will only become more stronger from that point and um and in, in college in those early years in college, I should say. Yeah, and so what what uh, what took you to A and T? How'd you decide to 
to go to school there and, and what was that experience like getting into school and, and, and growing in that process? Honestly, it was one of my only decisions. Um, my sister made sure it was one of my only decisions. She's an <laughs> alumni of a t as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. She, she you didn't have a choice. About, you know, pledge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a choice, but she was, she was down my throat about it. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, but, you know, she comes out her experience of pledging, a.k.a. and, you know, uh, you know, how I should pledge and, telling me about you know just that the anti experience the black experience and yeah it was i mean it just it was like yo this sounds this sounds wild so you know that's, <laughs> yeah. she's, she's definitely one of the main driving forces for me uh for me pledging i mean i'm sorry for me going to uh ant and how was that college experience i mean you talk about you know getting on campus and kind of seeing this whole new world yeah what were what was that first you know, we're we're heading into fall right now. Unfortunately, a lot of these kids are not going to be able to go to school just due to um, uh, COVID. Yeah. And, you know, it's that 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 first it's it's kind of sad because that first, you know, that first moving into the dorms and and, you know, fall and that whole experience is is uh, so unique and such a, such a formative oh time. Um, yeah. What was that like for you getting away from home, getting to campus and, and really this whole new, what I would imagine being at HBCU, a whole new black experience. What was that like? It, uh, it was, uh, it was definitely new. So I'm coming from a city where, you know, it's about 50% uh, African-American makeup here. Yep. Um, and, but, you know, I still, I still had like, you know, tons of like white friends, so a lot of white people, yep. you know, I went to A&T and it was like, you know, it was like Wakanda. It was just <laughs> black, 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 black. And yeah. I, I've never seen that before. Other than going to like, the only time I ever seen that was going to like, you know, uh, uh, a revival <laughs> at church. Yeah. Where like, you know, 10, uh, 10 churches come together and it's like, woo! Yeah. You know, like, y'all cooking now. Like, no, yeah. it's, it's serious. Yeah. It's like church or cookout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Family reunions. Such a wild experience because you you uh you, you touched on it earlier the diaspora yes. of blackness that i witnessed the the skaters the 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 models the the people pledging or wanting to pledge the environmentalists uh the nerdy like it was so many different personalities um of blackness that i've never necessarily witnessed yeah. and so it was like it was like powerful but from a perspective of I need to understand what I'm seeing. Like I've never witnessed something like this before. Um, so it was definitely uh, extremely powerful, like witnessing that. And like you also mentioned, I, I can't, you know, the first year you get to campus, it's, yes, you're getting your work done, but it's also like a giant, like welcome to this life. <laughs> Yes, uh, people, such a great way to put people it. People on campus, yeah, people on campus, you know, or in the yard every single week. The, 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 the marching band practice, which in itself, like, oh, my God, I can't imagine being on a college campus and there's no marching band playing because oh they God. can't, you know, yeah. get together. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's key. That's the, key to the HBCU experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, know, that, and, it's uh, not even college if you uh, don't have the marching band playing. Oh, my. 
absolutely, absolutely. Especially when the band is as good as A and T's. But you know, also like from the time you get to campus until like October, like you're basically yes, you're getting your work done, but you're planning for homecoming. Yes. Like homecoming is going to set everything it, off. Homecoming yes. is like homecoming is like. Orientation is literally the first couple months, yep. and then homecoming is the official welcome wow. to the HBCU experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I cannot imagine if I did not have that. Like that is like you know that's like a. I mean, you basically, but you basically like pledge your life and your being to like you know that HBCU experience <laughs> yeah. experiencing homecoming like you are in the club at that point so and uh yeah so explain <laughs> yeah, imagine. for those that that didn't go to an HBCU um explain because this is a very important part of that experience homecoming mm-hmm. at HBCUs is like it is arguably the biggest moment of the year you know it 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 champions everything else because it's you know it's the bands uh competing against one another it's the the whole pageantry of everything i mean it's just one mm-hmm. big celebration so sort of explain that experience for people and, and why it matters so much oh man like you basically have this oh god how was so good with it it's like a this is an old term but like a jubilee of sorts you know just yes. this 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 supreme coming together yeah. of so many facets of, of blackness, but mostly like black excellence, uh, black excellence, um, at least for A&T's campus, you know, uh, GHO is what it's called, greatest homecoming on earth. Um, <laughs> not yes. debatable for anybody listening. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, <laughs> I feel like, but, I um, feel like some folks from Howard <laughs> might, might have some pushback on that, but, but we'll, we'll, we, we're going to let it ride. We're going to let it ride. <laughs> we're going to let it ride. Yeah, <laughs> um, but you know, you have the black excellence involved, whereas, you know, it's not only actual, uh, celebrities or activists, um, musicians, comedians, whatever it may be, um, politicians, not only these people coming to campus to to talk to, the, you know, uh, as alumni or just as guests to talk to the students, um, but it's also students, you're able to see other students being upheld in such a way that is, that's raising them to a certain status level that when you normally see them on campus, you're like, okay, cool, like, yeah, you know, those, that's the football team over there, or that's, you know, the basketball players, or those are the cool kids, blah, blah, blah. But it puts people on a certain status level, and it just, it, it, it made me want to, like, do more and be more for my university. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. this sense of family. It's, you know, this is literally the biggest cookout that, you know, <laughs> everybody may be invited to, but, you know, it's like you, you have to feel, uh, you're going to feel a special belonging and belonging is such an interesting word to me because I feel like after college and even as you enter some other spaces while you're in college like internships and things like that people really don't experience that belonging Uh, um you know once they leave these universities because of the the career path we may take or the things we may you know subject ourselves to it may be the military who knows but that belonging on an HBCU campus and witnessing black excellence in a way that I never necessarily saw I would uh, see 
And yeah. I probably wouldn't have thought if I would have went to like a PWI, like a public white institution, like yeah. UNCG right down, right down the road. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm getting chills talking about. Yeah, I just got the chills uh, too. <laughs> the experience because it's just, it's, it's really so beautiful. It is amazing. Yeah, it's, I mean, so you're keying on a couple of amazing things there in, in just terms of um, why that's such a big moment because you, you feel such a part of something bigger than yourself. Um, you take such ownership of, of, you know, the, in, in honor in, in being able to be part of that experience and, and sort of like wave the flag of, of, of your university and, and yeah, be a part of, of, uh, you know, what, what you represent. Um, and then two, yes, that, that key word of, of belonging, there's just few other spaces, um, that you can just, for lack of a better term, let down your hair, you know, and, and just be comfortable and and be at ease and be at peace um, because you're just surrounded by your people. And I think is, you know, black and brown people growing up in this world and depending on where you grew up and how you grew up and kind of the environment that you grew up in. You know, this is why people end up at HBCUs. I mean, I didn't, I didn't go to one. My mother, my mother, uh, went to Howard uh, undergrad for Howard, so that's why I gave some pushback on the, on the, uh, <laughs> on the homecoming. But you know, from the experiences that I know, and just being on those campuses too, um, yeah, it, it's it's just this innate sense of acceptance and, and being in a safe space um, that, as you could see in 2020, is is hard to come by. Um, because yeah, in your, in your workplace and I mean, even going into the store, just being in society in general, um, you know, being a a person of color in this country, it just, it carries a certain level of, uh, just a certain level of weight with it. And I feel like in, in the, the homecoming and the belonging of homecoming, you can set that way down and just experience that bit of freedom and just being 100% yourself. So that's, that's really powerful. I mean, you put it Jubilee, I think (laughs) is that's, I got the chills as you were kind of walking through that story, but that, that is it, man. It's a, it's a celebration of, of life. And, uh, absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's few other places that you get, uh, that experience, which is, is so amazing and brilliant. So, while you were were in school, you know, we talked about kind of your your early years and, and really having this amazing experience and relationship with nature. Did that continue while you were in college? And and yeah, how did you kind of can you know continue to develop that um, that love for the great outdoors? So you know, this is where uh, you know coming off of that. Uh high school mentality of like, okay, look, I don't want to associate with this because, you know, it's like, you know, someone basically saying, oh, <laughs> you're interested in that. Uh, let me hold your black card. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm still, I'm still thinking kind of about that in the back of my mind while I'm here at A&T. So, you know, I'm doing the things that, you know, that yes, I want to do, but not necessarily going into the outdoors, outdoorsy things. Um, not until... I, two things happened, two um, and very important intrinsic things happened. The first thing was that I did a, a week long service learning trip, um, with a business course, international business. We went to Belize, wow. um, Punta Gorda, Belize, 
you know, we, we fly into Belize and then we had this like six hour bumpy bus ride, uh, you know, to this community that we were going to go and live in this community and assist people, um, teaching them the business skills that we've learned in college, you know. Wow. Um, and if I could just like quickly just toot my own horn, like yeah. I, I can't do this now, but I just remember teaching someone how to do all their spreadsheets and income statements and balance sheet <laughs> and statement of cash flows. I, I, I honestly, looking back at it, I'm like, wow, you knew all this. <laughs> yeah, you. <Yeah>. Keyword. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it was such an amazing experience because more so, not only was that an amazing experience to give that knowledge, but also the things we did while we were there was one of the first times I felt like I was, you know, <clears throat> living. Like it, it brought within me, it, it brought up that, that sense of adventure that I experienced as a child or even that I experienced while watching, you know, the things that I was drawn to as a child. Um, one of the things we did was we went, uh, we went kayaking on this uh, little, little narrow river, you know, through some mangroves. Uh, another thing we did was, uh, you know, just honestly just walking like the dirt roads and stuff. And, and I don't know, it's just, we weren't doing anything in, like crazy, it's just walking but we were in this completely new, like this different environment, you know, uh, looking at the world from a different lens to the people who were hosting us. And uh, one day we also, we took a, a boat out. Um, there was at least 15 of us on this trip. We took a boat out and we did some snorkeling. Um, but before we did snorkeling, which is really amazing, we stopped at this island. And when we stopped at this island, it's crazy. I've never seen, like, um, there was a little beachfront where we can go swimming and on this tiny island. And as yeah. soon as you walk into the forest, it's crazy. One of the guys was like, hey, you all want to see a snake? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, all right, let me go find one. I'll bring it back. I'm like, wow. I'm like, okay. I'm like, man, do your thing. Um, but while he went away to do that, as we're walking through the forest, it's like you have to, like, look up because there's, giant hermit crabs crawling up trees and then falling off. Wow. So, like, literally, it, it sounded like rain. That's how many, uh, wow. it sounded like a light rain. Yeah. And, you know, that's how many hermit crabs are just falling, and then you got to watch the steps because there's lizards and hermit crabs and stuff. And I remember one of my buddies, uh, his name was Josh, um, he was about to, we, we had two different paths we can go. One looked like it was, like, burned and slashed. And the yeah. other path was like extremely, you know, trees everywhere and vines and stuff. So we're like, we're going to obviously take a way that looks more clear. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it may look like that. So soon I was like, uh, let me go first. As soon as I step over the tree, before I know it, my my whole leg up to my waist is, is in quicksand. Oh. Like, you know, it just went straight yeah. in. And oh. I was still holding on to the tree, but I didn't freak out. I started laughing because it just, you know... I, I got tickled. <laughs> like, that's yeah. the only way I quit. I got tickled because it's like, wow, I'm actually out here doing this. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm coming across the tree. I'm stepping in quicksand. Like, life is amazing. <laughs> you know, and I had a, <laughs> and that was, that was the first realization. I was like, God, this is something, this feeling here. Like, how can you get this more? Yeah. And not only, so after that, we went and do some snorkeling. And, you know, it was amazing hopping in the water. And there's that, there's that, there's that sense of danger to uh, all of this, you know, a little bit yeah. of sense of danger. Yeah. Or just, honestly, I like to say stepping out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Because um, when I don't like using the word danger, because, you know, I put people off in time. But that sense of stepping out of your comfort zone and just doing things and uh, just being okay and going with the flow and knowing that, okay, this isn't necessarily that bad. Let me instead do this. But when we're snorkeling, um, 
stepping outside of comfort zone to jump into the water and, you know, approximately like 20 feet away to see like these giant barracuda just sitting as still as they're in the water. Now, if you're ever in water, you know you like you know you floating, you moving. Yeah. I've never seen a creature sit so still in the water, not to be saved <laughs> by a single current or flow. Yeah. And I was like, I know, I know that thing is fast. Yeah. I know it can come over here right now and yeah. you know take my ear off. But yeah. it was just so amazing to see that and to see like uh, octopus, you know, uh, you just you know uh, whatever they do, swim underwater and yeah. stingrays and stuff. Um, but then. I mean, we got a call. It was, hey, we got to go. There's a storm rolling in. Was in, and as soon as everyone got back on the boat, I say about 15 minutes later, the temperature dropped like 20 degrees. Wow. Everyone started shivering, right. and a downpour happened. And, you know, at this point, the boat sped up. So all the rain, it, so it basically feels, the rain feels like ice, but it also feels like needles. Yeah. Because we're going at a certain speed trying to find cover yeah. while it's raining. And I'm looking around the boat, you know, and all my classmates and my teachers are like all like curled up and huddled up, you know, on the boat. Yeah. And I'm out in the front of the boat just yelling my head <laughs> off like, Woo! Yeah! You know, <laughs> I came alive. Like yeah. uh, there was two, there was two guys with me. There was two guys on the, uh, three other guys on the trip. And the two that were sitting up front with me, one was a bigger guy, Josh. And the other one, he was just like, he, I was a... Uh, sophomore i think he was a senior about to graduate uh -huh. and i have both of them i have both of them like underneath my arms like saying hey y'all it's gonna be okay but look at this, this is amazing <laughs> they're shivering and i'm just like i'm the smallest guy over here and i'm like i'm warm my energy's high yeah. it was one of the most exciting feelings i ever had author joseph campbell has a quote he said follow your bliss if you do follow your bliss you put yourself on the kind of track that has been there all the while waiting for you and the life you ought to be living is the one you are living. I say, follow your bliss and don't be afraid. And doors will open where you didn't know they were going to be. It's amazing to hear how this trip set the foundation for the rest of Ron's life and what would become his passion for adventure. And uh, at that point, so this is just one thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, and this definitely is the biggest thing. Because after that, I got back to Kansas. And I was like, wow, you know, not only meeting amazing people and seeing like the simplicity as far as like the way people live, but to experience that adventure, I was like, oh, how do I do this here at ANT? Like, where yeah. where do I go? How do I find these things? And it started with me trying to find things on ANT's campus and realizing, oh, ANT doesn't offer anything like this. Wow. Um, okay, yeah. well, what about the nearby university? Going to UNCG and seeing that UNCG had, you know, right down the street had this full robust outdoor program and all these activities they do every week and i was like wow man like maybe i should have came here like maybe i should transfer and i was like you can't do that um i honestly i don't think my my grades were good enough at, at that time to transfer but uh you know it was just like all right well i need to start doing something so it was a very small community me and two other guys we started going on hikes right there in greensboro and doing some mountain biking and after we started doing that, after I, after I found that community again through being inspired by that, that time and belief, yeah. I really, that's why I really started to get, uh, I really started to get down. Yeah. I started to, I mean, maybe there, maybe there was some, some depression at play, honestly. Um, but it was like, all right, you do the same thing all the time, linking up with your friends, partying, drinking, linking up with your friends, partying, drinking, 
you know, doing this work. And then I started asking myself these questions, like, why are you even in college? You know, it's, it's amazing we don't ask ourselves these things, you yeah. know, before we go off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, absolutely. It, it just felt like the next thing to do. So I was like, you know, why are you even here? Um, you know, like, all right, graduation or your this is uh, a year or so after that point, after Belize, is like, all right, you know, people are starting to graduate, about to start graduating. You don't even know what you like truly want to do. You don't even know like where you want to work at. People are already doing interns. You haven't done interns yet. Yeah, because I was, I was going to ask you, what were you, like, what were you studying? What was your major? Business, business management. Okay, yeah, So business management was, uh, was what I was studying, uh, knowing that I want to go into some, knowing that I want to go into, you know, just business in general, like, you know, maybe corporate, um, working in that capacity, but not necessarily truly being specific enough to what I wanted to do. And I think I, uh, I stopped and I asked myself a question. Um, I think I was listening to an Alan Watts video and <laughs> yes. it was like, you know, if, if money wasn't an issue, what would you do? Yeah. And I just started thinking about those times and believe. I started thinking about those moments with the homies on the trails and I started thinking about, you know, summer camp and growing up yeah. and the people I looked at you know, for inspiration, whether it was a Nat Geo, uh, Adventurers, or, you know, Indiana Jones, you know, yeah. and I was like, I need to be doing something outside. Yeah. And I read this very amazing article. Um, I can't find it anymore. I, I've been looking for it for years on radical change. I may just need to write it, but it <laughs> talks about how you make these drastic changes in your life and how they call drastic shifts within your own mental understanding, within your mental health. Wow. spiritual health, but also in the way you, you decide to look at life and live life. Yeah. And so, you know, at that point, I was like, all right, well, this means I need to leave uh, A&T and I need to go find something, you know, for me, I need, a, I need to find an outdoor company to work at. So I started looking for these outdoor companies and I found one um, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, had an interview with a guy and uh, they got back to me a couple of weeks later saying, hey, we we would love to have you on this summer. And I remember saying, hey, I can be there next week if you allow me. And he said, of course, we'll take you for a winter internship too. Wow. And, uh, and uh, like within the course of like literally less than two weeks or between a week and two weeks, I released my apartment, got rid of my vehicle, got rid of half my belongings. Wow. And, you know, I was on a plane heading to Minneapolis. And my friends tell me, you know, they always refer to that at the time I dropped off the face of the earth, because when I got up there, it was like, I'm not trying to be up on social media and stuff like that. Like, I I, I basically took a wellness retreat for myself. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have identified it as that in the beginning, but it was also like an escape. I was like, I need to do what's best for me, and I need to be willing to go somewhere where I don't have a safety net in place Yeah, to truly, like, you know, see if I can do this, see if I can survive on my, by myself, but also to just truly grow like yeah. i don't need the influences of anyone else i just need to see who ron is and what ron wants a, and a, a truly i found that a, re- a really it was a radical shift it was a like you really yeah. did shift your whole life who was the who was the internship with what company uh the, the, the company is called Wilderness inquiry it's a non-profit uh Dope. in minneapolis minnesota and twin cities and uh when you say radical shift, it definitely was a radical shift because I lived in North Carolina my whole life. Yeah. And, um, you know, so, I mean, I've seen snow and stuff before. I've experienced <laughs> the cold, but 
the day I landed in Minneapolis, Minnesota, it was like negative 14, oh, negative 20 degrees. It's a different type of cold. It's a different, <laughs> it's type. A different type of cold. It's a whole I, I stepped off. I stepped off the plane. I was like, is this the right decision? <laughs> like, you know, like, uh, is this what you wanted? Did you, know, did so you have like, a winter jacket? Did you have a winter jacket? I had. Fortunately, I found uh, picked up a uh, a winter jacket at Plato's Closet. Nice. I remember where I got it from. Yeah, yes. it was a uh, it was a yeah, it was a down jacket um, <laughs> that I got for the low low. Yeah, and uh, I was like, you know, but I, honestly, I was still cold. I still needed like other. I think my base layers were like sweatpants, and I had on jeans over top of my sweatpants <laughs> and some like you know leather dress boots on. Like you know, I thought uh, I was still on the campus. Yeah, you know, I thought I was still in the yard. I was like, no, you need actual gear. Like, no, okay. yeah, yeah, you need long johns. <laughs> you need long johns. <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah. Something. Yeah, for real, because that that cold is that's a toll. I mean, I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Michigan. Lived in Chicago for years, and I've been to Minneapolis in the middle of winter, and it's a different type of Ooh. that negative is just a different type of cold. Wow. So oh, it's something else. So you you end up at this internship, and then how did you know you you've gone through this radical shift? You've had these amazing experiences. I mean, you know, I got the chills again when you're talking about being on this boat and, and you really just come alive through this sense of adventure, right? It's almost like your spirit just awakens to, uh, as Joseph Campbell would call it, this bliss, right? Like you, you really just kind of find this thing and you're like, I don't know what this is or where I'm going, but I have to go this way. You, you, you make this amazing shift in your life and you end up, at this internship and and then how does that continue to evolve sort of this direction you take in in terms of um you know outdoor and a, a adventure like what was sort of the next level of your understanding of that ah well so i think my first understanding when i got there was you know just how to how to fit in with this new community that i just joined you know um uh, uh i i so when I showed up, surprisingly, there was when the staff members picked me up, and this was another another uh, a black guy, and I was like, "Oh, wow!" Yeah, you know, because so, <laughs> surprise. You know, I just automatically, I automatically assumed I'm going into an outdoor organization. Not that I knew what the industry looked like, but yeah. I knew what I, I knew. Um, you know, I was honestly coming in ignorant. I was like. Black people in Minneapolis, nah. You know, <laughs> yeah. outdoor organization, that's definitely going to be on the way. But, uh, you know, so this black guy picks me up, and uh, I get to the headquarters, and and uh, I, then I say to myself, okay, yeah, okay, I see why they sent you. Yes, because you're, you're the only other black guy here. Okay, cool, now there's two of us. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, um, but, uh, no, the first part was seeing how I can fit into that, to that, uh, to that space. Yeah. Um, and the, the second part, was or I said at the same time it was me coming into all right Ron like you're here now I don't necessarily think you have to find any solutions or you know see I don't think you have to figure anything out or do any deep self reflection but you know just let's revisit this this conversation you know with yourself you know in a month let let's see how things go in that month you know and yeah. uh, you know so I'm just I just was living the Minneapolis life, getting used to walking outside and, you know, as soon as you step outside, uh, you know, all the, the moisture in your nose freezes up. And you're like, oh my God, what's going on? <laughs> There's something wrong with my nose. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just getting used to that and getting used to 
if there's an uptick of 10 degrees and it was negative 10, but now it's zero, you can actually wear shorts outside. Yeah, so, yeah, it feels you know, totally different. <laughs> yeah, so it was me just adapting to this new environment. So the first stage I said was adapting. And then after that, it morphed into adventure. Wow. Um, you know, I when I got there and I said, hey, you know, I see all these amazing trips. Uh, oh, when am I going to do that? And I was like, well, I mean, so you're an intern right now. You're probably an intern throughout the summer. So, you know, don't give your hopes up. And I was like, oh, man, look at that location. When can I go do that? Yeah. Um, and I was talking about this, like, uh, it's like the Grand Canyon photo wrap. And the, and the guy who, uh, his name is Josh. Uh, <laughs> I, I love this memory because he was like, it's been, uh, I've been here for like X amount of years and I haven't even done that. Don't get your hopes up, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go somewhere, you know, even if it's just here in Minneapolis. Yeah. So the, uh, the CEO, the founder calls me in. He was like, hey, Ron, like, you know, welcome here, blah, blah, blah. But you've been getting, you've been doing, you know, a lot of great stuff for us uh, lately, you know, as an intern. How would you like to do this uh, winter lodging and doll setting trip, you know, wow. in February? Yeah. And I just moved there in January. And I was like, uh, <laughs> say less. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, of course. I'm, I'm you know? there. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, you know, and at this point, I started to realize truly how the organization works. So when, like I said, it started at adapting, and then it moved into adventure. But while it moved into adventure, it also started to open my eyes a little bit more to like the third stage. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come up with a, uh, I'm gonna say a little bit later. But you know, it was a trip for people with disabilities, cognitive and physical uh, disabilities. Uh-huh. So. You know, it was, God, um, it was such a magical trip. But the way the trip started, like, I had those feelings again. You know, we're in this band driving up north from Minneapolis. Where, honestly, I'm like, God, we got to go even further north. And it's <laughs> the middle of winter. Oh, my God. Yes. And, you know, we stopped at one point. We're getting to the Gunflint Trail, pulled over the side of the road to put snow chains on the tires. Wow. Um, they, they, they make, and I remember, <laughs> I this was so confusing for me. I was like, we have to put chains on the tires <laughs> for where we're going. Yes. This is yep. so crazy, but amazing. You yeah. know, so, you know, we do that and then we get to our destination. We're unpacking and um, one of the guys like, hey, uh, Ron Frost. And, uh, you know, I, I hold up my phone uh, and my whole beard, everything's white, you know, just frozen over. And I'm like, wow, you know, wow. this is the first, this is the first for me. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm like, okay, so uh, where we're we going? And I'm like, oh, well, you see that building all the way out there? They point across this giant blanket of, you know, snow. All right, okay, that's where we're going. Like, and we don't drive over there. And I'm like, no, we have to, we, this is the parking lot. We parked here and we got to walk over there. So why do we have to walk? It was like, that is, uh, a, a, a lake that's frozen over. We have to cross the lake. It's like a 0.5.7 mile walk across the frozen lake to get to our lives. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, and wow. not only that, uh, you know, like I said, we're working with co- people with cognitive and physical disabilities. Yeah. And so I remember like, they was like, all right, Ron, go ahead and shop yourself in. I'm like, you know, what is this? And I'm like, oh, this is a poke sled. So what you do is you, you know, put it on like a seatbelt buckle, crap it, uh, strap it across your chest. And we're going to put someone who has trouble uh, walking or who can't walk for long distances in the sled. And you're going to pull them across. Wow. And, you know, like, and so, you know, I, I'm basically, you know, I have some gear in my hand. I have this poke sled strapped across me. And, you know, I'm, I'm walking and on this frozen, you know, lake, <laughs> uh, all this snowpack. And I think the sun is maybe setting now. All you get all these, all these like little snow flurries and sparkling 
uh, hints and notes in the sky. <laughs> and I just remember stopping. I turned around first, you know, I looked at my, uh, uh, make sure the participant was okay. I was like, are you good? Um, you know, and they, you know, tip their head, yeah. And I just stopped and just looked forward. And that's when I was like, wow, Rod, you're, you're doing what you want to be doing. And like, you're very out here. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, we, we're really out here. But you know, it was such a powerful moment. Yes. Because in that moment, you know, it was like I made a decision. In my head was like, you have found what you want to be doing. Yeah. And that's why I love so much about it because, you know, I told myself, all right, well, don't try to find any solution. And like, the solution found me just from me. You know, doing. You know, you take the first couple steps. You know what is looking for you and what is meant for you is gonna find you, you know, right. and it always yes. does. So yes. on, you know, out there, you know, it, and honestly, I don't know if I screwed up, and if I did, it probably froze in my face. But it was just such a beautiful moment out there in the middle of the lake, yeah. realizing that you know after after so long or after feeling so much uh, angst and you know just down about with my position in life, it was like, oh wow, yeah. like you made all these decisions and you. All the reasons that you are right now. This part of Ron's story is a reminder that sometimes we don't know exactly what the future holds, but we must put our head down and just continue forward. It's amazing because we have very natural instincts that will guide us towards the direction we want to go in the life. The hard part is listening to them. Ron, throughout his life, has done an amazing job at listening to that intuition and letting it guide him to these amazing moments. Then you no one else. You yeah, are. at this moment. Yeah, uh, that reminds Absolutely. me that reminds me of a po- poem by uh Rainer Marie Rilke. It's in a book he wrote called Letters to a Young Poet. I'm going to mess up some of it in in direct quote, but mm-hmm. essentially he says, you know, you must you must live the answers. You know, you you right now might not know everything but you must, you know, love these questions in your lives like they were mm-hmm. foreign languages, like they were, you know, locked rooms so that you can at some point live the answers. And it sounds like that's, you know, you had all these questions, you had this angst, but you trusted this instinct and this intuition, um, you know, inside your, yourself to to just to, just go to to trust that and just go. And it awakened you to like live and have oh those God. experiences where like next thing you Absolutely. know, you're, you've got this person strapped up to you on this lake and you're like, <laughs> yeah. how did I end up in this moment? But it's <laughs> so yep. powerful because it, it really yep. it brings you alive in that moment. You're just like, oh, this is why <laughs> I did all these things. And, and then, yep. you know, you have this very uh, awakened uh, experience. So. From all this Absolutely. that's happening, you know. And uh, oh, and, and I was ahead. gonna say, um, I know that. So I took so long to get to the third thing, but through that trip, and then after returning to HQ after that trip was over, and doing more trips similar to that, yeah. whether working with people with disabilities or veterans or you know inner city and underserved uh, populations, you know the third thing plugged in. So it was you know just adapting, and then it was like you know living that adventure and learning. And that third thing for me was, all right, how am I, this is a model they use, but how am I sharing the adventure? Uh, how am I bringing other people into these spaces yes. to witness what I'm witnessing? So yeah. it was like this three-tier evolution that I underwent in literally a couple of months, and which was probably more than I ever learned, <laughs> you know, in all my time in school. But 
it was uh or I should say it, that those couple months helped me evolve at a quicker rate as far wow. as the wisdom that I was able to gain and the yep. kind of understanding I was able to have of the world through wow. those first couple months. So uh yeah, that that last piece sharing the adventure and you know yeah. reaching back when as you're moving forward. Ah. I think that that was a very powerful and eye-opening piece for me. Man, such a such a powerful thing and that last piece is is so critical um because I think in sometimes you know it's very easy to get caught up in our own experience and you have this amazing mm-hmm. you know uh soul alive, you know, awakened experience but yeah, how can you bring other people into that fold especially people that might not um have the the privilege, if you would, or the, the bandwidth or the, um, yeah, yeah, the, the, the resource to, to, to have that experience. So to build a bridge from, from that to we out here to even HBCUs outside, was that sort of that third part about like, how can you bring people in the fold? Is that how, you know, those sort of ideas came to light? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because at that point, and uh, if I can be extremely brief about what truly made that last point sinking for me. Yeah, uh, of course. The founder, CEO, he invited me to his office again one day during the middle of the spring. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, this is the middle of the summer. I've been there for a while, done all these other trips, things like that. Nothing too, too big. But he was like, hey, Ron, um, how would you like to go to the Grand Canyon? <laughs> yes. And I just thought about that first day when I stepped in those doors yeah. and I pointed at the, you know, I want to cry right now. I pointed at that picture and I was like, when will I do that? And the guy was like, you know, don't think about it. Yeah. Uh, and then he wasn't telling me don't think about it, but he was like, you know, it's going to be a while before you do something like that. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm going to have to put it some years. For him to invite me in and say, how would you like to go to the Grand Canyon? And me remember that when I walked in, that was one of the first photos I saw that made me say, oh, you know, I need to get there. And for him to invite me, I was like, wow, you know, Man. look at God. Yeah, for real. Universe yeah. working in my favor. <laughs> yes. You yeah. know, so uh, <laughs> on Powerful. this trip, this is also, absolutely, on this trip, this is also a, uh, uh, a dis- this is a, another disability trip, you know, and my job was to be a, like a co-leader, but to mainly help the uh, assistants to one of their longtime um, clients, uh, his name was Bob. Mr. Bob is what I call him. And he yeah. had cerebral palsy uh, his whole life. Couldn't walk. He was in a talk board, talk. And, um, you know, I was to be there for him, you know, to help him with anything he needed. And, you know, I get down to the Grand Canyon, um, skipping on some, a lot of dope details. We'll schedule another conversation for that. But one particular day, uh, this was maybe like five, six days into the trip, almost yeah. halfway. It was a 15-day whitewater rafting trip. Wow. to the Grand Canyon yeah. from, um, God, I forgot where the pudding was, but uh, it was like 200 and some odd miles that we uh, wrapped through the Grand Canyon. But on this particular day, I just remember I woke up. I, was, I wasn't I was sleeping well because uh, you know, I was sleeping near him and he had like these sleeping spells in the middle of the night and you know, make noises. So I wasn't really sleeping. I was sleep deprived the whole time. And, uh, you know, um, on this particular day, I got up. I ran out, grabbed his breakfast, uh, took it to him, and uh, started to take down my camp uh, campsite. Um, got back over to breakfast, and they had already broken down. And I was like, oh, man, and I missed breakfast too. And I was like, God, you know, I was like, hey, but you know, I was like, I'm in such a beautiful place. But I was like, I ain't gonna lie, like, this is hard. Yeah. And I was like, I, I, re- I respect PCA so much for what they do and, you know, how they can truly help people. 
and um, put their own, you know, needs and stuff, you know, aside. But, yeah. you know, I was definitely feeling a little frustrated that day. And I don't know, but he sensed it. And like I said, he doesn't, he doesn't talk. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm about to tear up again. He doesn't talk at all. Like, he can't talk. He's a talk boy. Yeah. And he saw this look on my face and he just like, as best he could, he said, he started saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Yeah. I was like, wow. And I was like, no, no, it's okay. It's like, it's not because of you, you know, because yeah. I was just looking frustrated. I was like, it's not because of you, but, you know, to hear him say that, like, he acknowledged the emotions that I had going on yeah. and, you know, trying to experience this place and him out. And, you know, he, with all he could, mustered up some words to say, you know, he apologized or he, he was sorry. And after he said that, I was just like, hey, you can go anywhere in this world, you know, and have a true, a great time by yourself. But it's a blessing and a pleasure to be able to help other people experience these moments that they wouldn't normally have been able to experience. So after that happened on that trip, like there was not, there was zero frustration. There was nothing. I, from that's when that took mold, that yeah. there's an adventure that help other people get outdoors. Yeah. Because, you know, in that moment, I don't know, it's something that was really powerful about, you know, someone, uh, him and his predicament being able to, uh, you know, do what he did for me. Um, yeah. Like that, that, him trying to form those words for me, like was all I needed to like, you know, get my mind right. Say, yo, what you, what are you complaining about? Like, what's going on in your mind? Like, you know, look where you are and, you know, you are truly, your your purpose is higher than you right now. Yeah. And that's what you need to be tackling and that's what you need to be worried about. So, yeah, like that, that's the moment that truly like, just made it pop for me. So, yeah. So powerful again. And, and really, I mean, you both were, you know, seen in that moment. It was like you felt seen and then how you were able to then reflect that and, and then how that has now built into, um, yeah, how you bring other people into the fold. So, Absolutely. man, <laughs> I just want to say, like, th those were a couple of powerful stories and, I, like, I, I appreciate <laughs> and commend you for being able to convey that because that's, that is why that is the, the purpose, right? And that is the power of uh, what you do and, and how you help people. Mm -hmm. And that's, it, you can't really, it's hard to put into words, you know, uh, the the deeper meaning or the deeper purpose of, of those sort of actions and, and how they shape people's lives. Um, and so I, I commend you for that. And how then did that turn into HBCUs outside and, and we're out here? Because, it sounds like there was an amazing amount of energy and power and purpose um, and, and love for obviously being in the outdoors. But then, you know, how can you bring other people into the fold? So how did we out here in HBCUs outside uh, come to life and, and where are sort of things at right now? So we out here, that wouldn't come so much later. That would come um, after that. That only uh, came, you know, uh, pretty much around, um, uh, about two months ago. Oh, wow. Um, okay, but yeah. HBCUs outside, that, the I didn't have a name for it or anything, but that, that started from the, my time in the field because uh, if there's anything I realized when I was out there, it's like, oh, cool, we're servicing, you know, a lot of communities. And so, yes, I'm seeing, like, people who look like me out here, but only from the perspective of they are the participants. And not only 
just participate, but they're the participant that like, you know, we contract with the school or we contract with this nonprofit. And, you know, these are people coming from that. But yeah. as far as the people doing the actual guiding education, the skills, yeah. you know, it was like maybe it was just me, uh, maybe one or two other people from time to time. Yeah. We partnered with the National Park Service and other governmental agencies to put these um, outdoor events together all across the country. Wow. And, you know, it became apparent that, like, Ron, like, it's, it's just you out here, you know, yeah. or, you know for the most part. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, that's what started that. All right. How... Like, yes, how do I share the adventure and get these people and get other people who look like me out here? But how do I get them on this side? You know, of course, yeah. start, you know, them being a participant. But how do I get them on, on this side where I am right now? How do I get them that they're the ones telling people, hey, this is what you do. This is how you paddle. This is how, you know, how you pack a bag uh, when you go hiking, you know, all these different things. Yeah. And um, I was also... And at that point, I was in San Francisco as well. I had uh, moved to San Francisco to do a 21-day uh, trip, seven days backpacking, seven days sea kayaking, and seven days whitewater rafting. And, uh, you know, I was planning, like, okay, you need to continue school, but when you go back to school, you need to go with a plan to leave some sort of legacy. You have to go back with a plan to, to, to do the things that you couldn't do when you were there originally because they weren't there. You have to go back and build you know, that was, that's what I told myself. You have to go back to your university and build. And so, you know, taking that inkling of, you know, okay, well, how do I get people on the other side? I went back to ANC State University and I started, uh, you know, working with administration to build, you know, uh, outdoor programs at the, at the university. And, uh, you know, before I knew it, I was, I had uh, done some research just to say, okay, well, let's see, what does this look at, look like at other universities, at other HBCUs? Because, you know, I'm just having the hardest time here, not only because of lack of resources, but also the lack of understanding and honestly, the generational trauma about uh, about being outside, yeah. uh, you know, for, for so many uh, people in the black community. Yep. Um, but I very quickly realized that there were no other HBCUs that truly had these robust programs um, or that has, you know, outdoor recreation and adventure sports tied into uh, their their curriculum or yeah. using as just an offering. Yeah. So that's when I got the idea of like, wow, like you're in a position that, yes, you can help A&T, but how much larger is it for you and how much, uh, how much more better would it be for you to just help the community of HBCUs yeah. and elevate the entire institution institutional name of, you know, Circle Black Colleges University. And um, from that point, that's when I said, all right, well, let me start compiling resources and doing all the research that I can to see, all right, what's already out here for HBCUs and how I can, you know, assist and, yes, elevate HBCUs, but get people these moments. Like, that's the, that's the, that's the, the foundation of, like, how do I just share the experiences? And from there, how do I get people to go into these fields as jobs or careers yeah. or even just to have the skills to do these things. Yep. And um, I utilized A&T State University as, you know, uh, a pilot program, yep. um, becoming an outdoor program coordinator and doing the logistics and building those trips out um, and getting, you know, an, an outdoor department uh, started called Aggie Corps. Wow. Uh, Corps meaning Campus Outdoor Recreation Experiences. It was, the name had existed before, but it was, there wasn't a lot of offerings, yep. you know, before I uh, came along. So 
using that as a pilot, it was honestly to see, all right, how do I bring other HBCs into this? But what became very apparent, as our saying with most institutions, there was a lot of bureaucracy involved. Yeah. There was a lot of, okay, you can't do this because of this. There was also a lot of, like, power moves just because certain people didn't like people within the institution. Wow. And it was just like, I'm dealing with all this red tape and BS for for what, you know? Yeah. So recently, um, uh, and, and like I said, at this point, HBCUs has already started, but more so as, like, a passion project and piloting at the university. And while I learned a lot there, this past February, I left the university, um, which I left at a great time. It was right before COVID hit. Wow. And I started to implement these things uh, by myself. Yep. And uh, honestly, it's, it's like I wish I would have left earlier because I've been able to just, you know, do so much more, yeah. you know, outside of the university yeah. than rather, you know, being constrained within it, yep. being tied to uh, a position. So, so yeah, so that's how HBCUs outside came apart. Uh, I mean, came came about and you know to help the not only the, the campus body the students but also um for faculty and staff to have something to tell their students hey you all should go do this as a as a student or how do we tie this to student success how do we use HBCs outside and outdoor recreation on our college campuses to combat the mental issues plaguing the black community how do we use it to attack the physical ailments and physical uh, issues uh, attacking um, and that are part of the black community, um, whether that's through, you know, uh, via you know, obesity or hypertension, high blood pressure, like how do how do we utilize these activities in that way? So tying it to student success, but also to help, I've been able to really, you know, um, make a huge push for it and, uh, you yeah. know, just get students engaged uh, there at ANC's campus and now you know just to do it on my own to truly create something and build something bigger yeah. that the whole uh, um, institution of HBCUs can can utilize yeah I mean that's a, it's a very powerful I think you said something very key in there is like how do you get people it's not only about getting people out to experience camping or you know mountain climbing or but how do you how do you get them to this side i think that was something super interesting because it's one thing to Absolutely. give people that experience and, and teach them how to camp and be able to do that for themselves but then to to sort of shift that mindset or shift that thinking to say yeah you can you can do this as a career that you can uh you know you can work at some of these organizations you can uh you can be a guide yourself and i think that's something that we've seen this year i mean as as covid has hit obviously but you know as we sadly enough got into to george floyd and uh, ahmaud arbery and and a lot of these organizations um sort of realizing like, you know, we need to do more in terms of uh, Black Lives Matter and we need to do more in terms of representation within our own organizations um, that, yeah, there is a, an amazing opportunity right now to reshift the way the whole sort of outdoor adventure uh, world works because how you really create change in that space is, is not only you know, uh, people of color getting hired in to those organizations and being able to, to change narratives of, um, you know, redefine sort of who, who the outdoor space is for and what that experience is, is like for, for everyone. But, um, 
yeah, also, you know, start your own organizations <laughs> like like we out here, you know, do your own thing to say um, we can have ownership within this space, which is absolutely which is I absolutely. think that is is even more powerful because it's great if, you know, somebody that looks like you or you or I gets a job at Arteryx, um and, and, you know, helps to shift the narrative or, or put more people of color in in adverts or or. Um, you know, if there's more people like, uh, his Instagram name is joy trip project, but I'm forgetting. Uh, I'm James. For, yeah. Thank you, James. You yeah, know, if there's more, James. if there's James more, Mills. yeah, if there's more writers like James Edward Mills, you know, writing yeah. and representing, um, this great experience of the outdoors, but yeah, ownership is, is such a, is such a key piece, uh, of all of this. And man, you, you, you're really speaking to my soul. I, didn't really talk about this you know pre-call or during call but uh i've sort of had that sense of adventure too throughout my life summer camp sort of gave me that foundation of that that outdoor experience but um just being a snowboarder and i've you know years ago was sort of trying to figure out my life and and moved i was living in chicago moved across country to mammoth lakes california and uh worked for the mountain for for a, a season trying to figure out kind of what was next and, and snowboarded but uh you know a lot of things that you're saying it was a part of that experience of an adventure a radical shift in what is possible uh you know standing on the top of a mountain like holy cow like how did i end up here yep. um <laughs> exactly. you know figuring things out you know being on the top of a mountain and then figuring out how to get down you know not really riding that yeah. size of mountain before um being one of the only black people in town and just what that was like you know so many different things but it's important to like hold space in those places and and figure it out and then yeah like you said bring other people along for the ride so man super super powerful so i know so backstory for anyone listening um we got connected through uh my actual running coach uh jess woods based out of new york and i know she is putting together a fundraiser for i believe is she is it for we out here or is it for hbcus outside she she explained it to me briefly but i don't know if she explained it in detail um so 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 we are so basically hbcus outside we are relaunching hbcus outside and, uh, you know, with a lot of uh, amazing things, focusing on uh, local experiences, a gear library, and uh, expeditions. Uh, so those are like the three components, uh, the main components of uh, HBCs Outside. And uh, like I said, we're relaunching uh, September, and we're basically going to be running a fundraiser as like a, a startup uh, campaign for, uh, for the nonprofit. Um, and it's going to be called uh, um, Black to the Trail. And wow. this is going to be a virtual 5K run, walk, or hike that people can do wherever they may be, you know, in the country, whether that's their own personal 5K on a treadmill around their, you know, around their block in their neighborhood yeah. or in a local state park on a trail or in a, in a, national, in a national park. But we want to truly uh, not only get, you know, the community moving, but, you know, utilize this as a way to have fun and raise funds for 
for the uh, for the project. Amazing, amazing. And I will for anyone listening, I will put that in the show notes as I will be participating in that too for the virtual five K. <laughs> and really, really powerful. Jess is awesome person. She's doing a lot of great work in New York. Hey, so- and I would say. And I would say, if you are, uh, if you're gonna do, I would love if you could do the run. But what a uh, cool thing you could do? We're hosting this through Elite Seats, and on Elite Seats, when you sign up, and you know, they'll when you sign up, um, you'll pay the, the donation amount. They send you a bib, so you have a running bib, and yes. you're able to sign up as an individual, or you're able to create a team or join a team. So look, if you sign up, and then you know, you create your team, League of Champions. You know, your listeners can yeah. can join your team under league of champions and you know y'all can you know go out and run that way so Amazing. it's a really cool way to just engage uh your community um but uh no go ahead continue what you're saying with jess yeah yeah i was just saying jess is uh, just is an awesome person i'm glad that she's uh getting behind this and yeah i will i will create for anyone listening i will create a group i will create a team all my league of champs folks uh can can join and we'll shoot out an email about this too so we can get people on board and uh man support this this great movement of trying to get people uh outside and and active because it's it's important right now i mean if we think about this year and everything that's been going on both covid black lives matter election year uh and then that's just all the outside stuff add the stresses of just being a human right (laughs) on top of that exactly and uh just the healing proponents of nature right we were all sort of forced to sit inside for for months at a time depending on where you're at but um you know that's why the great outdoors are great because you don't necessarily need to be around anyone or if you are around people maybe you know close friends or, or family or whatnot um, but you can sort of get out and experience and for lack of better term, touch a tree, uh, pitch a tent and, you know, <laughs> yep. make a fire and, and take some deep breaths. And, uh, there's a lot of healing sure. proponents that come from, uh, those experiences to sort of reground you and, and, uh, yeah, maybe hopefully alleviate some of, uh, those larger stresses that can, can weigh down. So I will put, absolutely. And, Go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and um, I'm going to make this extremely brief, but I know something that uh, that I didn't necessarily bring up is like the 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 why, you know, for HBCUs outside. We talked yeah. about, uh, you know, being able to, uh, me sharing this experience, but also it's like realizing that HBCUs, especially in regards to outdoor industry, they're such an underserved population and underutilized when this is some of the best black talent coming into the world yes. and seeing as though, you know, there's not a lot of outdoor brands affiliated or associated with them. So it's like, all right, there's a, there's that proponent of how do I not only bring outdoor recreation to them, but the outdoor industry to these universities. And the other component, which is one of the hugest things, especially as we realize right now, uh, as we think about like racism um, and what's going on in the world, like racism is an environmental issue. Yeah. And basically what we're doing with HBCs on site, so I don't even know about the 2040 or 2042 statistics that says that people, uh, uh, minority, uh, minorities will outweigh and, um, and will be more, uh, there'll be more minorities in the country than there are, uh, you know, basically white people, so people of color. Yeah. And we have to realize that these experiences have to start now. So yeah. in the future, when these leaders who, you know, who, they are, they're leaders in their own right right now, but when they become leaders and 
and voters that when they're becoming the people who are making changes in policy, yeah. they can they can vote for the environment. They can yeah. vote for public land. Yeah. They can truly be stewards of the environment. Yeah. Because if that doesn't start now, then you know people need to understand like <laughs> they may not make those choices yeah. you know, in the future. Those public lands we love so much may turn into giant probably malls and neighborhoods. Yeah. So yeah. I think yeah, it's really important. <laughs> it's really important that you know uh, this is this is also an, an, an environmental issue, and that's what we are tackling. Yep. Through uh, HBCUs outside, uh, so yeah, I'm which is to let me. Uh, no, yeah, for that. that's that's also very powerful and a great call out because you're right. Um, you know, these are the future leaders. If if we look at even this presidential election now, and uh, Kamala Harris uh, graduated from HBCU, it was an AKA, uh, and you know, these are the people that now make the policies and protect these lands mm-hmm. and uh, create environmental policy that helps. Um, yeah. you know, clean, clean, that keep the earth clean and, and, uh, helps, Absolutely. you know, with, recy- I mean, the, the list is, is long. And, uh, if we, we look back at, you know, racism in this country and, um, as it pertains to the environment, you know, why black people were, were brought to this country in the first place to work the land in terms of, you know, redlining and not being able to move into certain neighborhoods where we yeah. were yeah. accepted and where we're not. I mean, it's as sad as it is to say like you know i've quoted john muir a couple times because uh, you know i really appreciated some of the things that the the essence of what he was getting at about being in the great outdoors but you know he did not necessarily represent or uh uh, you know uh, want uh people of color in 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 those spaces um as, as, as well and you know just what it means to have representation because for again for lack of better term and just to be point blank it's just as much our land if you would as it is anybody else's you know uh absolutely we we work the land uh you know and 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 have created amazing profit uh for the land so it's powerful in, in that work that you're doing because it is reaching um, and, and raising future leaders that will hopefully um, understand the, the deep connection and, and, and value that um, being outdoors has in, in our lives. And, um, yeah, it's super important as we, as we continue um, to evolve as, as both people here in this country but also as worldwide um, because this is all we have <laughs> as far as we Absolutely. know. We, we, can't, we can't get off of, of this little third rock from the sun. So um, with all that being said, uh, you know, real quickly, I want to sort of nerd out on two things, two things. One, I want to talk about gear, uh, some of your favorite brands, some of your favorite gear that you use, um, but also like sort of quick favorite places to like hike camp or what have some of your best experiences been from like a, I know this is going to be hard, but like, what are your, if, if you, had, if you had to pick a top two, top three, um, where would those places be? Top two, three, three places, uh, that I've been, um, I think it's going to take the cake every single time. The Grand Canyon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to, yeah. Honestly, the Grand Canyon may take the first cake and the second cake. Yeah. Uh, the first time I went was uh, in the summer, heading into the fall. Yeah. It was rainy season, so the the river was like muddy, and it was also flash flood. But because of the color of the dirt and clay, 
you know, go into these offshoots and you'll see all these ginormous red waterfalls, you know, uh, with all the rain that was coming in. So, like, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. I went again another 15, white, uh, 15 day white water rafting trip and the spring, the water was crystal blue. It was so gorgeous. And the little Colorado River that runs into uh, the Colorado River has, has had this crazy aquamarine-ish, like cloudy blue color that uh, it, when it joins into uh, the uh, the Colorado River. So it was just so beautiful to see it from a different lens. Wow. So I think that's going to take lens one and two. Yeah. And, um, you know, but <laughs> to bring it back home, <laughs> uh, honestly, man, right here in the Smokies, like yeah. it's so beautiful yeah. to sprawl around and jump uh, on some of these summits over here, especially, uh, you know, here in Appalachia, we have all these balls. Yep. which are basically these summits that are just like, you know, grassy plains. And yeah. It's so beautiful. That's awesome. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Dope. That's what's up. <laughs> uh, shout out to, uh, there's a run group based out of Detroit called We Run 313. I know they just took a trip to the Smokies this past weekend. It looked like they, oh, wow. they had a great time. I'll, I'll send that to you. But, uh, yeah, I mean, something to, something to say for the for the Smoky Mountains and um, the beauty that's right in, in, in your backyard. Uh, and then... Let's gear out for a second. Like, you know, what is your favorite outerwear brands? Why do you do you have you know a favorite jacket? Uh, um, you know, hiking boots. Like, is is there stuff that comes to mind? And then, two, yeah, what what camera gear um, are you toting right now and shooting with? Um, yeah, I mean, just just kick that off. I would say outerwear, <laughs> outerwear first. Like, what <laughs> what some of your favorite brands? Outerwear, so there's there's outerwear that I own that I really love. Yeah. And then there's outerwear that I want to own that I don't have yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. so That's how this I works. Am, uh, <laughs> I'm huge into, uh, as far as like what I love but I don't have, I'm huge, huge into, I love, you know, just the, the uh, Japanese uh, designers and brands and the uh, outdoor outdoor brand uh, scene. Um Dope. When you start thinking about like uh, you know Goldwyn or you know like uh, um, Snow Peak yeah. uh, or yeah. North Face Purple Label, yeah. you know, start thinking about things like that. Um, like I said, I don't have any of that stuff, but I really love looking at a beautiful piece. Yeah. What I actually have that I think is just you know some of the best outerwear. Um, I've been wearing um, Art Parrot shells yeah. since I jumped into the uh, outdoor industry, and God, like I mean. The cut on it, the um, the versatility, like it's. I, I love I love these shells and as well as uh, the jacket. I'm I'm wearing like a pair of casual like look like pajama pants and uh <laughs> and a uh, Adam <laughs> Adam LT jacket marked this right now. Nice. On call. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so I would say that's one of my favorite outerwear brands. And when I think about hiking boots, of the ones that I've had, um, starting again. If I could choose something that I don't own but I really like, yep. you know, that's a difficult one. There's so many that look so dope. But honestly, if I could choose some, uh, it would be the Solomon Solomon brand, but their, collab- their collaborations that they do with other brands. Like okay. those hiking shoes or running shoes and yep. boots. Like this. I, I, love the, I love the balance between functionality but also style with those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, right now I'm hiking in the Solomon X Ultra Mid, Dope. which is you know just out of their uh, out of their lineup. Um, yeah. Full Gore-Tex, uh, waterproof, extremely comfortable. Honestly, right out of the box, very very minimal break-in. 
I don't even nice. really recall that being a break in. Right. So they are what I would consider like adventure ready boots. Yeah. Um, and um, I've been having fun breaking them in though. Um, if there even is one, but uh, no, they are they were great, and um, those are. Those are my uh, top right now. Amazing. Yeah. What about, uh, I've seen in a couple of your pictures and they always look picturesque. What about like Danner, Danner boots? I feel like they are expensive and they are a bit heavy, but I feel like those boots wear so well over time. They are just a, they are just a classic like boot. Um, yeah. I don't have a pair of Danners and the shoes that I think you saw me wearing. Um, oh, yeah. What was the shoe? Are, you had a picture they, in a helicopter. I thought those were Danners. Yeah, they're not Danners, and I, I don't necessarily want to say the name right now. So I was there in Alaska for a photo shoot for a brand, and the boots are uh, uh, they they um, they partner with the brand. You know how some brands yep. have other brands they partner with. Yep. You know, like to do collaborations and stuff. So um, I'm just gonna say it's a it's a European brand. Um, I'm just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> Dope. <laughs> but uh, when you you can when search you see the go, photos pop yeah, out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> When you see the photos pop, you know, the, you know you, you'll, you'll know who they are. But, that's, um, that's you know, those fresh. photos for that photo shoot in Alaska, those are going to be, uh, those photos are probably going to in like, uh, and uh, sometimes it's fall. Um, but, uh, you know, honestly, Danners and boots that look like that, I think they're so classic. Yeah. And, you know, I personally don't have any of them, but I would love to, like, having a pair of boots like that and knowing that, hey, I'm going to have this boot my whole life. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. I think that's 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 really powerful. But uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't uh, snapped uh, a pair of those up yet. Right on. Yeah, we'll we'll have to look out for uh, potentially what what pair of boots <laughs> that is in in this photo shoot. That's that's next level swag right there. Like I can't really tell you about it yet, but be on the lookout this fall for uh, for these exclusives. Um, and then yeah, la- <laughs> yeah, for real. Last things last. Uh, yeah, what what you all you do shoot? You are a photographer on top of everything. What uh, what camera gear are you using right now? What's uh, sort of your favorite setup? So I honestly, uh, like this is something L and I talked about. We talked about, you know, uh, L Renee earlier. Um, yeah. so the, that's urban climber. And, uh, you know, I was telling her, look, I don't like to claim that title of photographer because there's so many people in the industry like her who I respect yeah. and they have such a craft to it, you yeah. know, yeah, and yeah. it's part of their, like, it's part of their professionalism and things. And, um, honestly, photography for me is like, it's a meditation practice. Nice. Um, yeah. And because of that, it's like, yes, I do have a digital camera, which is a Sony um, Alpha 6000. Okay. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's cool to shoot on, but that's mainly for like client work and stuff like that. Yeah. What I absolutely love shooting on, and from those photos of Alaska that you saw, that was shot on a Pentax K1000. Oh, wow. That belonged to my dad, that literally probably was sitting in a closet for a little over a decade until I uh, picked it up and wiped the dust off of it. And, uh, you know, I just, I love, love shooting on that camera. So I have a, you know, I went out and nerded out on some lenses for that and, you know, some accessories for that. But that's, that's the, that's my go-to shoot camera when I'm like, I'm looking to meditate, but also like I'm here for the slow practice. I'm here for the, I want to capture these shots, but, I'm okay. I can be patient and wait, you know, yeah. a couple of weeks until I see yeah. what I actually got. I Develop. love that feeling. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that's I'm a film. I'm a, I'm a film nerd. In yeah, that regard. that's really cool because <laughs> I mean, with the advent of the digital camera and just sort of that immediacy, that uh, instant gratification. Um, I know yeah. film is sort of 
come back on the trend, but I, not really. I think folks who still shoot on, on film, uh, you know, there's that patience there. That is that there is that waiting yeah. game that comes along and to true, true, true art in both, uh, waiting and, um, yeah, you know, sort of being able to understand, uh, film. It's, it's just a whole different exp- experience than digital. Um, so man, that's, that's amazing. Well, Ron, yo, Thank you. Thank this was beyond <laughs> amazing. Like <laughs> these stories and the work that you're doing is so, so, so needed, so powerful. Um, I mean, there's so much to grab from this in, in, you know, radical shifts, trusting your intuition, um, you know, being the person on the boat in the middle of the storm, that's celebrating versus you know, uh, sort of sheltering. I mean, there's, there's a lot of life, sto- life story in here. And, and I think it really resonates for, you know, what's everything that's happening this year, but even beyond, you know, um, life lessons and, and following your bliss and, and trusting in that intuition and, in in going that way. Cause you know, it, it will awaken you to those unique experiences that will guide your path. I mean, hearing you talk about, um, Back you know, that, that Grand Canyon kayak experience as you walk in the first day of your, uh, you know, your internship and then to, to then have that experience. Right. And just what that sort of intention and that synchronicity, and we can get really esoteric in a lot of ways about that, but it's action oriented. It's very tangible because you were doing the work at the same time. And that's what put you um, in that position. And and that's such a key lesson for, for folks that have a dream that, that want to do a thing. And maybe it's not fully defined is you just kind of get these little incremental wins, if you may. And those, those crumbs sort of lead you, to to your path and the next thing you know uh you got a career and you're in canada with some boots that you can't talk about on a helicopter (laughs) 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 with your with your dad's pentax and you know you're living your life and man it's it's magical and it's it's great that uh we could we could hear your story man super powerful and uh can't wait to uh to share this so yo thank you thank you thank you nothing but gratitude for inviting me and sharing your platform to, you know, further amplify, you know, what I'm doing. And I, I just truly, uh, this has been a lovely conversation. Um, I, I, honestly, I can't wait to have more. You know, there's so much more to talk about. Yeah, yeah. This, <laughs> but, well, uh, no, this is, well, this is, this is just the beginning. Yeah. I appreciate, appreciate Absolutely. the time today. And thank you for coming on League of Champs, man. You're doing, you're doing amazing work. And yeah, thank you for the opportunity to, to sit together and and this is just the beginning brother we got we've got a lot uh to cross over with and and uh yeah a lot a lot of building to do in in the months and years to come so uh anyone listening i will put all of ron's information in the show notes uh we will uh talk about the fundraiser that he's doing for hbcus outside uh shout out jess for for connecting us and yeah man shout shout out jess yo thank you so much and uh Yeah, man, enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good weekend, and we'll catch up soon. No doubt. All right, brother. Peace.